Yeah, I mean, we just didn't execute, uh, especially on third down and in the red zone. Those, uh, those are the two most important parts of the field. Um, they were they were just better than us today. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They uh, they executed at a higher level defensively. They had a good game plan, and we didn't we weren't able to make adjustments and find ways to get in the end zone. It's one of the more remarkable elements, I think, of American culture, maybe American tradition. I'm not sure, and that is this ability of people to watch a sporting event and, and a political event, a religious event, anything. Two people see exactly the same thing and come to radically different conclusions about what happened. The Superb Owl, otherwise known as the Super Bowl, which you can't say, can't say Super Bowl, so say Superb Owl, um, is, a, is a great example of that. For so many years, people have always complained about how they got how they got jobbed at the at the Superb Owl. I have lots of friends up here who are Seattle fans and they still haven't forgotten that Super Bowl with with Pittsburgh and uh, all Holmgren the next day announcing we didn't think we were going to have to play the referees even myself in my younger days I, I kind of looked at things that way oh the referees made a bad call Super Bowl 12 I thought there was two terrible calls uh, that went against the Broncos you know as I've gotten older I realize they don't really matter that much but but at the time, boy, I was pretty mad. Fans get really upset about calls in, in games, and, and there's some reasons for it. But as a general rule of thumb, I live by the, the theory that referees don't cost you a game or win you a game. Your performance on all the other plays has a much, much more to do with that than anything else. It... Um, it was, it was funny. I went back to 1879. Now, I'll tell you, I don't know anything about cricket. I, I used to, as I've told you before, my first congregation was mostly Caribbean folks, and they were super into cricket. And one of the things that they liked about me, among the few, was that I had internet access, and I could get them cricket scores and cricket reports and cricket newspapers, and, and I used to print them out for these guys. Uh, Mr. Briscoe, hey, Lieutenant, hey, Captain, I bring you bush tea for this. Um, and I would print out the cricket stuff, and they would just consume it. They would sit over there in the corner uh, after the meetings and just uh, read this cricket news. And I never really understood the game. But I do know that in 1879 in Sydney, Australia, was one of the largest riots of fans at a sporting event in the history of sporting events. The tradition in that era was the two teams would choose an umpire, each choose one umpire, and of course they did. And instead of choosing a neutral umpire, the one of the teams chose an umpire that was basically part of their part of their team. Um, and long story short, he basically threw out one of their one of the opposing team's best players. Said he was disqualified. They call it one out at him. And this set off a huge riot. And it was probably because, probably because of all the the bets on the game. There were a lot of betting. There was a lot of betting on the game, even though betting on the game was illegal. And they had signs everywhere that said you can't bet on this. But it was probably related to the betting on the game. <laughs> and, and it took uh 
took quite a bit of effort to get these fans back in line. It, it, it's remarkable to me because, again, you know, the superb owl, the betting on the superb owl is incredible. The prop bets, I mean, it isn't just who's going to win, who's going to lose. And remember, I want to be on record here. I went on record before the game as saying, take Tampa and the points. I was right because you never, ever bet against Tom Brady. Point being that uh, this particular game was, uh, there were bets on everything. And Rod and I, just a few minutes ago, were talking about the, the streaker. And we're trying to confirm this, but it appears that there might have been a prop bet on whether or not there was a streaker. Now, the guy was a, a porn site advertisement, porn site owner or something like that. And if you see the close-up pictures, he's advertising his porn site, which is stupid because Nobody in the stands could possibly have seen that, and they don't show it on the Jumbotron, so I don't know what his point was, but at any rate, it could have been that, but it, it appears that there might have been a prop bet as to whether or not a streaker would make it onto the field, and the rumor is that he bet on himself being able to do it, and, you know, paid $1,000 to get out of jail, came out $330,000 ahead. At any rate, <clears throat> this particular Super Bowl has left a bad taste in many people's mouths. And Kansas City fans particularly saw a meme earlier today, the wheel of excuses. It was the ref's fault. The refs blew that call. The refs uh, cheated. Bleep the refs. I mean, <laughs> it was blame the refs. I mean, and this is what we do. We... For some reason in our culture, we find it not just acceptable, but actually almost preferable to blame somebody else for our own failings, for our own flaws, for our own mistakes, for our own inability to actually perform under pressure when the time is needed. It's very easy for us then to just go, mm, well, it's somebody else's fault. This has been going on. For a very, very long time. Uh, you go back to the tuck rule. I mean, Raider fan today is still, still whining about the tuck rule. And even if I agreed, and I don't, but even if I agreed that the rule was misapplied and that it shouldn't have happened, blah, 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 you can't get around the fact that there were other opportunities for the Raiders to win that game, or the Raiders to win that game, and they didn't. They they failed in those opportunities. So while you can go, well, that's the that's the thing that cost us the game. It really wasn't not being able to stop a fourth and two, uh, <laughs> not allowing other plays to happen. Those things get forgotten because we'd rather blame what's going on than anything else. We'd rather blame other people for our performances. It's, it, it, we hang on to the bitter because we'd rather have someone else to blame for our flaws, someone else to blame for our failures, than look inside ourselves and acknowledge, hey, maybe I screwed that up. Maybe I, maybe I didn't live up to what I thought I was. Maybe I didn't do well enough. Maybe, and this is the one that always kills people, Maybe I'm just not giving enough credit to the other team. Maybe they're just better than me. Maybe. It's a possibility. We certainly have to acknowledge it, don't we? We don't seem to want to do that. In this particular game yesterday, 
Patrick Mahomes was I, I, I'm remark. It's remarkable to me the the way people are talking about him today as well. He Superman came down to Earth and he didn't look all that great, and he was good Lord, man. Did you? I don't know if you saw the play where he was parallel to the ground and threw a strike to the end zone, and his receiver clanked it, just dropped it right off his hands. I don't know what more Patrick Mahomes could have done. I really don't. But everything he did was ineffective and it you know it ended up not working because Tampa Bay was the better team and i have to say this because my wife <laughs> loves this jason pierre paul uh, performed very well in that game the tampa defense performed very well and the the remarkable thing to me about this is that you know when the game is over when everything is said and done they go to these press conferences, these press availabilities after the game, and players sit down and naturally on the winning side, it's always very uh, very upbeat, very excited, very interested. And on the losing side, most of the time it's it, it's pretty downbeat. Sometimes, like after Super Bowl 50, you get a player who has an opportunity to step up and lead, and he doesn't. Cam Newton's post-game press availability after Super Bowl 50 was, well, fr- frankly, I was embarrassed for him. Uh, he, for those of you who don't remember, he got upset about some of the questions, and he got up and left. He, he walked out with his hands in his pockets and his demeanor all down and those sorts of things. And it was an opportunity for him to show that he was above all that, but he chose not to. He chose instead to blame other people. He chose instead to make it clear that it was not not my fault that we lost. It's somebody else's fault, which is why I was so impressed with Patrick Mahomes's post-game press conference yesterday, as you heard a little bit there at the beginning. Patrick Mahomes he was not happy with the way he performed, but he also understood, and maybe maybe winning last year makes this easier, I don't know, but he understood that life is bigger than the superb owl. It really is. And there are other things to be considered here. There are other things to be talked about. And what most impressed me was the way he said, look, we, we I didn't perform as well as I could, but those guys played a really good game. They had a really good game plan, and they just they just beat our butts. They just beat us. And he wasn't emotional about it. You could tell he wasn't happy about it, but he wasn't he wasn't going to spend the rest of the day like many Kansas City Chiefs fans complaining about this, complaining about that, complaining about the halftime show or whatever. He he was very clear. He understood that calls go both ways. Ultimately, over the course of 254 games, 256 games, plus the playoff games, calls go both ways. And you could make a reasonable argument that the only reason Kansas City was in the Super Bowl was because of a bad call that the referees did not make in the playoff game against Cleveland. And had they made that call, maybe Kansas City isn't even there. And I think it was clear to me watching that, that Patrick Mahomes understands that, that he gets the bigger picture. 
And when you look at this in the context of our society right now, I was pleased by this because Patrick Mahomes is a very young man. He's 25, not even 26 years old yet. And if there are more people like him coming up in the NFL, more people who are willing to accept responsibility for themselves, accept responsibility for their own actions, I think we're going to be okay. But it does make me wonder what we would be talking about today if we all knew how to lose with grace and dignity instead of blaming anybody or anything else for our own misfortune. What if instead of complaining about how we were cheated, how we were jobbed, how we were ripped off, how we were this, how we were that, we looked instead at our own efforts, our own failings, our own inabilities, and acknowledge the fact that, well, maybe the other side was good. Would we have a different world than we do today? Would, would, would anything be different today? Would the unnecessary spiking of the ball by the winners, quote unquote, in our society be necessary? Or would there be an overall increase in humility and understanding and sportsmanship, you know? It applies to so much more than just sports. As one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once said, you can't win unless you learn how to lose. I can tell you that in my own sports career, I don't know that anything has ever been more true than that in my life. And I hope that we can all kind of take that lesson. And I hope that maybe we can start being more Pat Mahomesian in our behaviors and our attitudes and understanding that, you know, it's okay if you've given your best effort. It's okay to accept that. It's okay to be a gracious, defeated person. Maybe the world would be better, but I got a feeling... (laughs) That ain't the direction our society's headed, is it?